to the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. For reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 2 channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wim Lou. We will be joined shortly by CJ Miles um, in the first segment here. Um, always a good time to get CJ on. Um, I, I feel like he's only been on twice, but we've had some really good conversations. And um, I think especially now with Yaka Proto coming back into the mix, this the, the bench mob reunion happening, um, you know, it's it's a great time to get CJ on to, to talk about, you know, um, the new team, everything like that. But uh, we have CJ on the line. And um, actually, CJ, I wanted to start here. I, I'm sure you weren't expecting this one, but um, Open Gym actually just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. Uh, over the weekend. Um, and, um, you know, I was thinking back to the fact that Open Gym has been around for, for 10 years and sort of how they're one of the pioneers in this space. And uh, to me, still, the the best ever episode of Open Gym was the one where they documented the birth of your daughter, Ava. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, 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 to talk to you about that specific episode because, like, I mean, that was a very, very intimate moment, right? Um, obviously between, you know, you and your family and, you know, allowing them to sort of come into that process and, and help document it for you guys. Like, you know, uh, what was that like? And, and, you know, how did they sort of approach it? It was great, man. They, they, I mean, they, they get everything as we know, you know what I mean? So, um, but they came to me about it just because, you know, I just kind of had a good, I hit it off with them early. Like just, I'm a I'm a talkative, personable guy, you know. So, um, just seeing them around all the time, we started talking, and they just asked me about it mm. straight up. Like, you know, we would love to, you know, you know, see where this is going. Obviously, being born in the season is obviously a topic that's coming up. You know, it was my first kid, and how excited I was about it. I think might have played into it too. But you know, they came to the apartment, caught us. Um, a few days after the baby came, well, I shouldn't say a few days, but a little while after the baby came home and we just sat down and got the, you know, take some pictures, get some good video. Um, we talked before, they came to me beforehand and let me pin that letter, you know, when it was getting close yep. or, you know, there was just a lot of, a lot of things that, that I'm thankful for because I got to get all of that on tape, you know, like without having to work for it. You ever watch back on that episode? Um, not, not as much as I used to, but it's still every now and then me and my wife both, you know, send it to each other on the phone. Like it'll just be one day, I guess we both in our feelings <laughs> and right, we'll send right. it to each other, you know, like, um, just to kind of remember the blessing that that was to be able to have that and somebody do that for us, you know? Right. No, seriously, for people, I mean, I know we're talking about like. Um, an episode that's probably like three, four years ago now. Um, I don't know. How old is it, I guess? No, it's five years ago. Five, Almost man. six. Man, time flies. It'll be, it'll be six in November. Damn. All right. Well, Crazy. yeah, uh, it, it was <laughs> it was a while ago, as, as we're mentioning. But it, it's seriously, it's, it's my favorite episode of Open Gym. And it's, it's, I mean, they've, they've had a lot of great ones over the years. I know the one that a lot of people talk about is like, you know, Rudy Gay got traded back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And there was a great episode because... I don't know, at that time, they kind of just allowed everything, right? So you got to see the raw emotion of a pretty popular player in the locker room getting dealt and sort of, like, what that was like for the players. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, your episode was, was That's awesome. That's why they're so good, though. You know, yeah. they, get, they get, people get a real connection with players, and I think that's why they're one of the big reasons why people grow to love the players like that in Toronto because they get to see more than just the basketball side. Mm-hmm. And, no, 
you know, it's just a it's a treasure. Yeah, no, seriously. Just want to say congrats to uh, to, to to Rocky, um, to Jeff. You know, um, yeah, man. Shout out to the guys. You know, yeah, seriously. No, they they've been doing a great. Um, the good guys, as we like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. All right. Um, you know, CJ, we 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 brought you on to talk about well, many things really, but but definitely Yaka Proto. Well, I mean, yeah. How's Ava doing? Actually, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm joking with you. <laughs> um. No, actually, it is it is funny because I I mentioned to to my partner that I was uh, I was I was interviewing you today, and and she was like, oh, I, I remember CJ from the from the baby episode, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ava's so. famous. Yeah, Ava's, Ava's famous. famous. Like actually, about Ava, anybody Canadian asked me about Ava first. Okay, right off the bat, like yeah. <laughs> anybody I speak to still from Toronto or anybody I know that's Canadian that knew of that situation, mm. that's the first thing they asked me. How is Ava? Well, how is Ava, man? Give us the update. She's growing, growing like a weed. She's five, going on twenty-two. Tells me what to do. She puts in, put it like this. She puts in breakfast orders the night before she goes to oh, bed. Yeah? So like, cause I cook breakfast, so she tells me like she gives me like this list of what she wants specifically, and gets upset the mornings I don't cook. Like I'm like her personal everything. Damn. What was the order today? Today. Well, today she wanted cereal. Usually oh, okay. that sounds that's anticlimactic, obviously, because yeah. today the, the day you asked me. But usually it's like pancakes, bacon, eggs, orange juice, blueberries. Da 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 da. It's like it's like the whole thing exactly how she wants it. All right, that's good, man. That's good. Um, that's very adorable. I gotta say. Um, <laughs> all right, so so Jakob, that's a hard pivot from from adorable to Jakob Pertle. I know, right? All right, <laughs> Jakob's adorable. Is it? Everybody loves Jakob. You know, I was just actually just reading. Not a, so much. I was reading a story um, that, on, on TSN this morning. Actually, I was just reading a story from Josh Lundberg, and he wrote about sort of you know Jakob and Pascal's friendship, right? And he, he wrote about how that one mm-hmm. year, um, yeah, I think in twenty eighteen, when they were both sophomores. And you guys were doing great with the bench mob, but nobody got named to the the Rising Stars game. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And I know that I think they were upset about it, but then they just turned that into an opportunity where they just went on vacation together. <laughs> and there was a story yeah. in there about how <laughs> Yak apparently like got dared to jump into a pool with his his clothes on and everything, and he just did it. He just like did this huge cannonball into this pool, but his phone was in his I pocket. Yeah, so I, I mean, that. you know, like what what was what was that like? How how close were they on a personal level? I mean, from what I know, during the, when I was there, they were together twenty four seven. It seemed like you know, okay. like okay. it definitely seemed like a thing that you know when they left practice, they ate if they took a nap or whatever. Then it was like, hey, I'm coming over, or hey, I'm coming, vice versa. Like it, right. it just seemed like they spent so much time together. They ate dinners together on the road. It was the same. Played video games together, whatever it was, but. Um, it was genuine, you know. They came in, they 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 had like minds. They they both liked the work. They both were after something. And I think that's the first place that starts, you know. People that take they craft seriously and good energy and and want to do something great, and that's how they started out their relationship. And then everything else just built from all the time you putting in on the craft. Mm. Well, I mean, you've been in, in tons of locker rooms um, over the, over the span of your career. Like, how rare is that to like? Because you know. I think everyone in the media or maybe even just the fan base like just assumes that everyone's friends. You know, some people watch the NBA and watch it like a work drama, like it's the office or something. Um, mm-hmm. But the reality is like just like in any workplace, there's probably like work friends and then the real friends, right? And yeah. and I just I'm curious like how rare is it to see like a rare like a real friendship uh, like in a locker room like that? Yeah, I don't know if I before I got to Toronto that I saw I got to see two. I saw Demar and Kyle, mm-hmm. and then I saw Yakin and and uh, yakking skills, right? Yeah. So I don't know if I saw two teammates, friends like that 
bef- before there. Damn. Don't get me wrong. I saw guys that were good friends. Sure, and, yeah. Like you said, like, but I don't know if I saw that between like those two sets of guys were. Um, mm. And it's like you said, it's like anything, any, any, and it's not that we're not friends. It's just that people's personalities and there's so much going on, people's lifestyles. Like when I first came in the league, I was, I was the youngest guy on my team by far. Yep. So these guys go home to the two kids and their wife. What are they gonna do with me? I'm 18 years old. Like we're not. They're <laughs> yeah. not. It's not that they're not my friends. It's just like, what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna hang out? Like uh-huh. we're gonna play with their kids. You know what I mean? Like what are we, what are we doing? So I think that's where that those things kind of grow with relationships in the locker rooms, which is why it becomes so rare that that you see that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and even on the subject of open gym, there's some really great episodes from from that time because I just feel like. The locker room was just so. I mean, you guys were winning and everything like that. I mean, you guys won fifty nine mm-hmm. games, a lot of stuff. Winning like, cures all. Winning cures all. You, the vibes are good when you win, but at the same time, the vibes yeah. are also real when you see like how often yeah. you, you know you saw that bromance between the Kyle and Demar, and that was the more famous one. Yakin Skills is sort of like the undercard, but you know everyone kind of knew them as well, yeah. and, and you saw it in all those moments, man. And I, and I feel like you can really tell when that's a little bit absent. Like I, I do feel like, you know, with with your, this year's group, it's not as much of like. Um, it's not like that, but as you mentioned, it's it's, it's quite rare. But on the subject of Jakob Pertl, um, what was he like to to work with as a teammate first and foremost? I mean, that that group. I mean, we talk about that group a lot still. You know, yeah. like when I do stuff, even when I come on this show, we talk about it just because All that time, group man. was such a selfless group, and that was a character that a characteristic that everybody in that group had. We wanted to play. We wanted to win. We wanted to do the right thing and we understood what our strengths were and mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe that like Yak was he played hard he played within his limits played his role he did everything he could to help the unit which would obviously help the the, the entire team like do our jobs right so like for me as he's shown since he's got there he's a great screener he's grown since I played with him obviously too because I got I, I went to a couple games down here in San Antonio mm, to right. see him play because I live here so I saw him play a couple times he's grown as a rim protector he's grown his touch has grown in the pick and roll situation there's all these things he's added to his game from getting great coaching down here in San Antonio they might not have been winning but that coaching staff is still sticking to the same habits and still preaching the same things they want to do and I think that's what's helping him come back up there right now yeah no I mean I was listening to um I was just watching some Jakob Pertl, uh videos uh, online, and and I saw one where he did an interview with Bruce uh, Bruce Bowen, and he was interviewing Yak about sort of his time in San Antonio and sort of what it's like in that program. And Yak just casually remember, uh, just mentioned, he's like, yeah, you know, I've had like countless workouts against Tim Duncan. Who, <laughs> and I was like, exactly. oh, like, that, that, right. that, I feel like that helps. You know, I feel like that helps as a big man. Um, it helps so. a lot. It has to, right? Even if you didn't actually take anything real home just sure, being yeah. there with tim duncan does something for your morale right absolutely like, i was i shared the space with an all-time legend that does something for a guy's confidence yeah um yeah th- th- that unselfishness i think really does stand out right because it feels like you know he's he's always been a guy who's, who sets hard screens gets guys open gets guards mm-hmm. open and and you know he doesn't demand the ball in that same way and and even if he does catch the ball he seems to be very willing to 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 pass it especially on the short roll the Raptors have been playing a lot of pick and roll with him since he's come back to Toronto and he's made a lot of those short roll passes obviously he had that thirty point um, explosion which was nice yeah. but we know that's more rare for for him but still he has that capability as well I mean as you mentioned though you, you saw him down in San Antonio so like specifically what what was he doing a little bit more advanced in San Antonio that we have yet to see. Um, in the, like, literally one week that he's been in Toronto. 
I think the biggest thing that I used to see was him being like a ball mover, like him mm-hmm. being playing in that. Not saying he's like Draymond or like Scotty, but playing at that top big spot when the ball's getting reversed and him going to the other side. Yep. Quick decisions, making pass, backdoor pass, dribble handoffs, putting him in actions that allowed him to do more movement. I don't think he really got chances to handle the ball like that in those situations when he when we, when he was there with the with the with the with the bench mob because obviously Pascal's out there mm-hmm. or obviously we play small and it'd be um sorry I'm gonna say yeah it would be OG or myself or Norm or right. they would mix the group up and it'd be Serge you know he wouldn't be put in those positions he just hadn't grown to it yet and to see him get down in San Antonio and them do that and get the opportunities because they were trying to develop those guys obviously is gonna pay pay a lot of dividends for him on this end. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how the coaching staff integrates with them um, into the lineup because you do you do have this All Star break right here where I'm sure the coaches will spend some time to get away as well. But I think now having him in the roster and having a couple of practices before the the next game, even when everyone returns, like it'll be interesting to see how you can use some more of that 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 added skill set because I think right now everyone's obviously very excited, right? I mean, like you come in your first week and you put up you know, 30 points on 15 of 17 shooting with six blocks. Like, people are going to be like, wow, damn, we, we really got Tim Duncan. We didn't get Tim Duncan, but <laughs> but still, at the same time, it's like, you know, he, he clearly was something that's missing. And I think maybe the one concern that I, I'm still watching out for is sort of like how the Raptors are going to make this work in terms of spacing, right? Because if you look at the starting lineup going forward, it might be like Pascal, Scotty, and, and, and Yak playing together in the front court. And, and especially nowadays in the NBA, like, you could have five shooters on the court at the same time. And I would say Pascal can knock down a shot here or there, he's, but he primarily obviously likes to, to, to attack in the mid-range and get to the basket. Scotty kind of the same deal. And then Jakob exclusively at the basket. How do you make this thing work, like, spacing-wise? I think when we all know Nick likes to experiment, right? Yep. So I don't think he's scared to make changes on certain games with certain matchups and certain things, right? But I also feel like if guys play to their strengths and they do what they do, they can be just as dominant on their side and make the other team have to think about changing up too. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Because um, I think defensively, they can figure it out. I yeah. think if they're dominant offensively, they can make other teams switch. It's like everybody used to be so scared of the small ball. Oh, they're going small. We better get the guys out. And, you know, it's like sometimes let's wait and see if that guy even is going to get threes tonight. Right. But let's see that flow of the game, and maybe we can take advantage of him on the other end and make him have to guard a big. Mm. I know when I first got introduced to playing small ball, that's what happened to me. Right. They, Zach Randolph would be in the game. I'd be oh, guarding man. Derek Favors. <laughs> I'd be guarding Lewis Scola, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett. Like, they're going to test me first. Yeah. Obviously, those names I named, they should test me first. Those are, like, awesome, great guys. Damn. I'm not making it put myself. But I'm just saying as far as the concept. Right, right, right. Uh, and then if I got running around and got going, then it's like, okay, we might have to do something because we can't let the guy get eight threes tonight. Right. But for the most part, I'm going to test that. I'm going to try that size first because I'm going to try to beat that guy up. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, I, I remember one. I think it was in Indiana, right, when they first asked you to yeah, start playing Indiana. power forward. Yeah. Uh, that must have been an interesting conversation because you started the league as a, as a shooting guard. Yo, yeah, that's a that's. I saw the league change. I saw every change the league made. Like yeah. I came in at the end of – the like Carlos Boozer was a starting power forward on my team when I came into the NBA. Him and uh, Andre Karolinko. Yeah. Um, and then I go to Cleveland where we're playing, starting to play five out, the uptick in threes a little bit. Then by the time I get to Indiana, my second and third year, mm-hmm. I'm a power forward just because of the because Golden State. Yeah. Because of what they did. 
No, I remember because it, it was a bigger story. Oh, it, it was a story when they asked you to, to shift the power forward. It became a huge story. I remember when when they asked yeah, uh, PG yeah, to shift made, the power made, forward. Yeah, and it became like a whole thing, right? So, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, like, in his defense, like if I broke my leg and I was coming back the hey. first year, I come back, you want to put me at power four? I don't think I say yes either. I hear that. Like, like I'm what? just saying, like you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I'm about to, I'm on the verge of being who I, who he eventually becomes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just now turning that corner, and you want to move me to have to guard. Like, I remember the first match that we had that year. I think he had to guard Anthony Davis. Oh, man. Like, and he was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like uh, you I know what I mean? Him. Like, I, I I get it. Like, I understand. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah, I feel like we don't really consider that. I think, again, people just kind of think about it like, uh, yeah, they just think 2K. about the guy said no. I'll shift, yeah. I'll shift the lineup around, and then they're just going to go out and do it like robots. Like, yeah. there's a human element yeah. to everything, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, that, the fatigue meter is not accurate. <laughs> no, nah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, I think offensively, you know, you're going to have to make some of those adjustments. And I think you're right, like, too. Like, with the concerns with spacing, like, we even saw it against the Magic, who are a very big team. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like three or four of those baskets that Jakob made out of the 15 that he made, um, he, he was posting up, like, Franz Wagner. He was posting up Markel Fultz. He was posting up, um, I think, maybe Gary Harris got in there a couple times. It's just, like... You know, when teams are switching so much nowadays, and Orlando definitely is a team that likes to switch because um, they have a lot of like-sized players like Toronto, like you can, you know, do the simple thing. You can get the yak mm-hmm. down low and, and, and let him get a bucket. Mm-hmm. I think defensively, I think the impact is already quite clear. I think the metrics are already pretty strong. Obviously, you block six shots. People are going to really notice your defense. But, I mean, as someone who, you know, played a lot, and, and honestly, you used to be more of a slasher, I remember. Um, what's the difference finishing over top like a six nine, very athletic player like Precious? Versus finishing over the top of a true seven-footer like Jakob Pertl? I mean, I think when you get – so we talk about so – let's just take these two guys like you just said. Precious is extremely athletic, right? Moves well. Yep. Good length. and like, But then you're meeting a guy with a little bit more size, planted seven-foot, who also is, you know, not not unathletic. Mm. I think the biggest thing is just the, the space the, – the way you have to – I'm usually going to have to meet Yak at the rim, like, because of the position he's going to play in because he doesn't have the same strengths as Precious. Right. Precious is going to be up on a pick and roll, and if I can get around him to get to the basket, he's going to be on my back. Yak's going to be planted in positions where he's protecting the rim right on. Okay. You get what I'm trying to say? So I'm going to have to kind of go over the top of him every time. Right. And I'm already seeing him, so it, it puts me in these shots of, like, these floaters and runners, which a lot of NBA teams are inviting because they're – on paper, low percentage shots. You have your guys in the league who are extremely efficient with them, but for the most part, it's the same kind of numbers they did with the mid-range shot, which is why guys started stop taking them. They scared them out of it. They started just letting guys shoot them, mm. and because nobody practices them because everybody wants to shoot all these threes, they were missing them. Yeah. No, that, that, that's fair. No, I think it definitely gives the Raptors a, a very different look. I mean, and to your point, mm. but like in, in terms of uh, Yaku guard a pick and roll differently, right? Um, yeah. You know, like, that's something the Raptors really haven't done that much of, right? If you look around the league, a lot of the top defenses, like you know, Cleveland's up there, Milwaukee's up there. A lot of top defenses like to drop on on, on in their defensive coverage against pick and roll. It's very mm-hmm. very popular. You know, I think you know the idea of it, as I understand, is like you you limit the amount of help you need to to send, yeah. and so you're, the corner's not open because you're not trying to you know send someone out the corners and, and tag the roller as much. Um, with the Raptors, you know, I remember Nick Nurse was saying, I think one of the games pregame he was talking about how we don't really do a lot of 
drop coverage here in Toronto. And that makes sense. Like, you know, the, the Raptors just have not had the personnel to do it. Do you, and they don't have to. Do you feel like they will do it now more often? Or do you feel like, I think you know what I mean? I think you have to, right? You have to introduce it some because if I have Yak as the rim protector, he's showing us that he is and, and will continue to be, I can be less dependent on backside help, which means I can right. be I can give up less threes. Because if I can put it, the the point the guard or wing whoever's in the pick and roll and Yak in that possession where they can handle it by themselves mm-hmm. with minimal help, and they prove they can do it, that makes us an elite defensive team because we stop giving up kick out threes. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's definitely one of the weaknesses of the Raptors defense. Like I, I was looking it up um, at the start that's of the season. That's a weakness. Yeah. All through the league, just because of the way we playing, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's played all everybody five out, so much space. You you guys need help because mm. you can't touch people. Guards are too good, wings are too good. Now everybody's so talented with the ball. We're putting you in positions where it, if we're not if we're not switching, and or say that we are switching and we get a guy that we have a mismatch with, everybody's got to shrink. Everybody's got to get right. you know shift to his side. And now he gets beat, and the bottom guy's got to be standing under the basket already or it's a dunk. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's in rotation the whole time. If I got two people that can guard these plays where I don't have to switch and I force a guard into Yak, it's a different type of defensive scheme. Yeah, CJ, I think you're a good guy to ask about this because, you know, as you mentioned, you've, you've, like, not just seen the league change, you've, like, felt the league change. In fact, the league has changed in your position as well while you played. Um why is it now that like offenses are so like like it's skyrocketing, right? Like we we see it consistently where it's like guys have forty point games. But Cal Bridges had a forty point game yesterday, which mm-hmm. was cool, right? I mean, I watched yeah, it; yeah. it was awesome. He took over in the fourth quarter after the game. He was like, "Yeah, I never had a forty ball before," and I was like, <laughs> "I feel like that's because partially because the league right? has like shifted in that direction." Like, how are you supposed yeah, to guard yeah. in the NBA nowadays? And how much so, more is it exhausting to guard like this? Five out style versus like the style that you came into like when you were in the league like two thousand and five two thousand six ish. Yeah. So like speaking on like me coming, so I come in right. I come into Salt Lake City. We run in the UCLA offense. Okay. Like we running the one four high, hit the wing or the big, and everything's like you know, the dynamics are pretty much written in stone. Like mm-hmm. if they pass it there, you do this. This is where you're gonna go. You scream for him. This is the play. Like you didn't even have to call the plays out loud. You could just literally pass it to one spot, and there was a script. Right. Now, and that also leads to guys' skill sets, right, and guys' opportunities in the game because of that script. Now the game is so open, and everybody knows it's going to be played open. The way guys train is so different now. They train to to have these evened-out skill sets, Mm. to be able to play in space because they have the space to play. There was no space to play in the 1-4 high. Like, you couldn't throw it to me on the wing, and I'd break down into an ice, so I was going to run into somebody. Right. Now there's so much space for an ISO, and it's so open. Everything's based off just changing sides and attacking downhill, and then, and then just play off the help. If mm. somebody helps, you pass it to the open guy, and then we play off that. That's that's a lot of offense now in the NBA, especially when you watch the playoffs, because everybody knows everybody's plays. Yeah. So I, the only thing you can do is prepare like Toronto is trying to do. You got a lot of guys that can guard different positions, mm-hmm. and hope you can <laughs> hope you can stay in front of people. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, too, because I'm watching these games and I'm just like, yo, players that, like, you don't even expect. Like, everyone can definitely knock down a three. Like, yeah. almost every – like, I would say, like, 80% of the league can knock down an open three right yeah. now. Right? You, like, guys you don't even want to leave open, they can knock them down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the rules are such that, like, I think 
it's just so hard to guard without fouling, right? I think that's yeah. one of the issues we've seen with Jakob Proto since coming back to Toronto. I remember back in Toronto when he was, a, especially as a rookie, but definitely as a sophomore too, this guy would get the most dicky. He would get a tough foul. Yeah, he got a tough whistle. It was hard. And when he some, came of back them, to Toronto, some of them were tough because he was young, too. We used to complain okay. about that. Him and Pascal used to get the worst calls on them just because they were young. Yeah. Like, it would just kind of be a respect thing and plays that you would let play on if other guys were involved wouldn't get played on with, with, with those guys. But we're also speaking, when you talk about the fouls and you talk about the growth, we're talking about the amount of possessions, too, like the speed of the game. Yeah. Which is also what allows guys to have 40 balls on a consistent basis. Right. Because everybody's getting 17 shots. <laughs> like, you know, if you play yeah. a lot of minutes, like, you know what I mean? Guys are getting, guys get, I remember how much work it was to get 10 threes up in the game. Right. Like, that was work. Yeah. And it was almost like, why are you shooting 10 threes? You better be hot. Yeah. yeah, now it's like, and I remember even games I was hot not getting a 10. <laughs> right. So I'm like, why, like now the way the game's played with the spacing and the amount of possessions, that's, that's, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Like not, a, not hard and not even blink that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it too is, you know, I think some of the, I think the league is getting so much smarter around the margins too. I remember back in the day, Kyle used to be so smart about like that quick inbound, right? Like, the, opponent, mm -hmm. the other team makes a shot, and he would, like, get the ball and just instantly yeah, rebound, gone, right? Gone. Before that, it was like, you know, you got to give it to the ref first, then the ref's got to bounce yeah. it back to you, and then you got to do the ball Or it had to be a certain position that took the ball out. Right, exactly. Like, only right? the power forward takes it out. Don't sure. take it. That used to be, like, a hardcore rule. Like, they used <laughs> to drill it in the guys' heads in practice, and then you get in the game, uh -huh. and you'd have an opportunity to probably score after a made basket, but because you're not supposed to take the ball out, you don't touch it. Right, which I, I don't I don't understand why that rule was. I, that's an elementary rule. That's a thing that you start when you're teaching kids the game. You know, know when you're trying like, to get them in sets and teach them like certain things. That's something you teach but, the youth, and it just kind of I don't know why it went all the way up like that. But <laughs> no, that's fair. I know I, I get it, but at the same time, I felt like you know I always thought Kyle was so smart about gaming some of those things. Right, everyone's no, no, so for sure. Someone, everyone's so good at now the 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 instant quick outlet pass or the mm -hmm. everyone's bringing it up the floor. Nick Nurse is big on that. Just whoever gets the rebound, just bring it up, right? Or first look for the outlet pass, but if it's not there, just bring it up. You don't don't look for your point guard necessarily. Like bring it up, right? Um, and you know you see other tricks, right? Like John Morant's so good at like just that. The, they call it like walking the dog or whatever. They just like roll the ball out and let the clock mm -hmm. burn. And and forget the clock burning. It's just you start your half court set with twenty four yeah, seconds on the shot exactly. clock instead of like yeah. you know sixteen. And it's just and it, and both of those play into the thing too, right? So like the cow situation, the way cows getting out of a made basket. I don't want to play against a set defense, especially when I got space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want guys. I want guys off my offensive players' bodies. Don't give them a chance to be physical. Don't give them a chance to figure out what we're doing. Have them frantic the, the whole 24 seconds because somebody's going to make a mistake. Right. Or we're going to get an offensive rebound, or we're going to get a wide open three on the backside, whatever. So now this is what makes the John Moran situation so hard. He's walking the dog or whatever, and you don't want to go up there and pressure him because he's oh, going to run right by you. <laughs> yep. And now your defense is frantic for the 24 seconds. They're in help because they got to help you because you tried to guard one of the fastest guys in the league mm -hmm. 80 feet. It makes no sense. So yeah. either I give them up to 24 seconds at half court or I got to chase them the whole possession. But that's what I mean, though. The, the league is getting smarter at all these small little margins, and I feel like it's all kind of adding up. That, the skill aspect, the three-point shooting aspect, the pace, and, and maybe even the schemes that they run, like, it's just making it to the point where, like, it's so conducive for offense. And I'm, I don't know. I'm curious because, you know, you played in the league, like, half your life. Like, do you do you prefer this style of basketball versus, like, when you, when you first uh, started? 
I prefer hooping. This is what this is. These okay. guys are hooping. Like I All prefer right. I I would because it allows guys to play basketball, make plays. Now you can definitely have some situations where a group of guys they don't work because of this because of the way it's played now too, just because guys are just out to the IQ level isn't as high as it should be, or they're not making the right play. They just think because it's open, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's definitely like, you know, a line and a, and a it, it might have, it might be free forming, but there's a little bit of a shape, you know, like how, what we want to do. We have the things that we're drilling home, right. that we're focusing on, and what we feel like create our strengths. The amount of, the, the guys, all the skill sets in the league now, like, it just allows the game to be it's, – it's much more beautiful. You know what I mean? You got so many guys that can make so many types of plays. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes it to the point where defense is so hard because – well, I shouldn't say that. It makes offense almost easier because of the, the amount of skill sets. Right. So if I have four guys who shoot almost 40% from the three-point line, the type of schemes I can run, the defense has no choice but to make a decision at some point. Yeah. No, it feels it feels like on, on honestly unless you have like 5 6 9 guys who can truly all guard all the positions, communicate all your switches and switch everything. Like I just I don't know how you're supposed to guard anybody in the league. Yeah. Right so let's put it like this. If yeah. you go to Golden State and we put Steph and Clay in the same action, uh-huh. something's got to give. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you know that that like I don't know what even if we switch it the guy that was guarding Clay might not be the guy I want guarding Steph, mm. or the little bit of margin of space they create with you switching allows him to take off one way or the other. Like they're in a, and the antennas are so high, guys are so overzealous in those possessions with those guys because yep. they have to be. That leads to mistakes. Yeah, nah, no kidding, man. Honestly, the first time you guys, do you remember the first time you played Golden State when when they became like you know this this era of the Warriors, and what uh, was that experience like? It was wild. Because you just knew I remember I remember in the beginning their pace was just the biggest thing. Yeah. It was just so different. Like everything was just so because anybody like you said, it was so open and they was it there were no they had they had sets they ran, like out of bounds sets. Sure, yeah. Something like that at the end of quarter. But for the most of the game, they're just playing. And nobody was really doing that like that yet. Mm. If it wasn't a fast break. They played forty of the forty eight minutes like that. Yeah back screens and slipping and just playing openly and just giving spontaneity, right? Spot spontaneity. And guys can figure it out. And then obviously all those guys can shoot it. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember because it was like must-watch television, right? Obviously that one mm-hmm. year when they were chasing 70, uh, 72 wins and they did it, it was like, man, like you had to watch every single one of those games. And I just remember watching those games. And I remember like the Raptors were were pretty close in some of those matchups. I remember because I think one, actually one time Yaka Proto, I think had like nine offensive rebounds or something. There was like every team was we gearing up. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I remember some of those for some bad calls too, but regardless, I'm, I'm a little salty yeah. about some of the results back in yeah. the day. I remember there's also one where Kyle, I, I don't think you were here for, for it yet, but it was like Kyle Lowry was having his best season in 2016. It was him versus Steph, and I think Kyle had 41, and, and Steph had like 44 or something. I don't know. There were just some great matchups between Toronto yeah. and Golden State. Uh, even before the championship, but exactly. no, it was just man. I mean, you you think of that era, and then now you think about it. It's like okay, yeah, but the Sacramento Kings right now, they probably shoot more threes and play way faster Yo, than than, than the so KD wild. Warriors. And it's like it's man, so wild. how do you? Even they were actually with this? slower with KD. That makes sense, yeah, because he wants to like you know yeah, play more ISO. 
and it, but it, it rightfully so, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. What are you say? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We're gonna take a couple of sessions just to give it to this guy. Of course, <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'll space out for this guy. Mm. Like, who wouldn't? But um, before KD it was, it was, it was even wilder. And then they had their stretches where you got KD playing a four to five, right? And this is when he started to really like. I think he really took a leap defensively in Golden State. Not that he was bad before. Mm. I don't think he gets credit for it. I think he took a leap because he had to kind of be a rim protector because they started playing small. And they started switching. They started doing all this stuff. And I think he was really good defensively there. And we just never think of him that way. And that changed the dynamic too because it allowed them to be even faster when they wanted to be. Yeah. No, man. They. I feel like they just like opened Pandora's box in a way. And I just, I'm not sure like, when offense will ever slow down, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you probably have to implement role changes into, in favor of the defense. It's not. It's not going to slow down. Eventually, right. they're going to be subbing like hockey because the game's going to be so fast. Yeah. Well, this is why you're going to need a lot of depth on your roster, too, and that's where... Yeah. Yeah, man. Honestly, the, the league is very fun to watch right now. Like, night in and night out, I'm watching... No, yeah. Especially post-trade deadline, you want to see, like, these new teams. Like, I was watching the Lakers last night and, and some of the players that they got into the roster, and it's mm. like, yeah, that makes sense, man. Now, now this is a team that's like 10, 12 deep even with the Lakers. Yeah, and they so. got some good energy, too. You can tell they look like they got some new life from the from the trades. I mean, everybody does, but right. it's like now, how do we hone that energy and make a big picture? Like, what are we really trying to do? I know everybody's happy because mm -hmm. there's new people around right now, and we should have energy, but are we going to keep that energy? Can we sustain it two weeks from now? Yeah. Or were we just bored in the first place and nobody was really bought in? Like, that's the scary part that you hate about those things. Because sometimes it's just like, I got energy because everybody expects me to have energy, not because I'm really trying to win the game. Right, right. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, again, it goes back to the human aspect. It's, it's really, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's not sure. as simple as, as turning on the PlayStation. Not um, at all. Um, all right. Well, CJ, I actually have a lot of other topics for you. I'm just going to scrap some of those. Um, one of them yeah. I actually wanted to get to because <laughs> I wanted to make sure we have enough time for this because we only got like five, okay. six minutes left. Um, okay. I wanted to get to this, so I was, I was on your Instagram page, and I saw that you, you're making music. And I remember this I vaguely when we were in Toronto as well. I, I heard some things mm -hmm. about, you know, your musicality. And I, and I and I so I was like, all right, let me check this out. I'm going to interview CJ. Maybe I'll ask him about this. <laughs> and I clicked it, and I got to say, I, I was I was blown away. I was very surprised. So we, we got a clip here for you of, your, of, your, uh, of one of your latest tracks. All right, let's just listen to it. All right, hold on, Derek. <laughs> well, what about the bars? We got to get to the bars, Derek. What are, you do what are we doing? I mean, without due respect, what are we doing? Without due respect no, to the um, R&B portion. No, nah, no, nah, you know? we good. That's my man, Akil J, by sure, the way. Yeah, that yeah. singing, too. But, That's like, nah, it's cool. It sounded great. Go but... listen to the song, and you hear the bars. Like, oh go, go, go do what you got to do. No, Derek. But, nah, I, I've been making music. I know music. it's explicit, but... The fr the, there's a couple in the beginning. Uh, the first couple bars there are. But right. the rest of it's not. Yeah. No, so yeah, talk to me about the music. Tell me about music. Cause... I mean, I've been making music, um, so um, I don't even know how many years it is. I've been into it forever. I played the piano growing up, sang in choir, did all that. Oh, okay. Um, I started I started rapping, MCing when I probably 
when I was 19, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. real, like seriously. Like we used to play around. You know, everybody freestyles, they friends, sure, all that. Yeah, yeah. So D Brown um, was on my team my second year in the league. He was making music. I had never been in a music studio. He had, he told me he was going, asked if I wanted to go. I said, yeah. Went with him just so I could go hang out and see it. I was, I didn't, and obviously I didn't have nothing to do. Like, mm, yeah. I was happy somebody invited me to be able to go do something because I couldn't go do nothing. But um, he asked me to go in the booth to rap, and I'm like, no way. He was like, bro, the worst thing that could happen is if it's whack, we just delete it. Yeah, fair. Like, right? And I was like, true. It was whack, but I heard myself back through the speakers, and it changed my life. Mm. Um, I remember I went home that day and I wrote all night, and then it became some. It became a place for me. And then I just started sharing it the last few years. Um, and, you know, this year, one of my things, one of on my list was I just wanted to be more consistent with sharing it because I, yeah. I thought that people, you know, people told me they enjoyed it. And I thought I spoke from a perspective that is not really highlighted in the way hip hop music is shown everywhere that we see it. Right. No, man. I, I, and honestly, for me, like, I didn't even, like, see the depth of it. I didn't even necessarily see, obviously, you know, your background in, in the music, but... At the same mm-hmm. time, I heard it. And I was just like, "Yo, like you have bars. Like this is this, yeah, it's, uh, this it's, is- a, it's time." But it's been. I want people to know that it's been time put in. We talking over a decade with the same people that I'm making music okay. with right now. All right, like, this is not me getting bored because I'm not playing. And I just started like yeah. I want. I don't. I don't want people to 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 think that it's just me. You know, as a hobby, like this is a real passion. Something I've done. Funny story. Speaking of open gym, mm. I had spoke to them about them. We were going to New York. I was going to the studio because we we're going to have a day off right. before I got traded in Atlanta. They were, I always spoke to them about coming to see me make some music. Mm. And I just got traded before it could happen. All right. That's, that would have been dope. That would have been a great episode. It would have been tight. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I regret that a little bit. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Um, man. Well, uh, what what else do I have here for you? I had one more question I wanted to get to. All right. We got, we got three minutes for this. All right. Yeah, but in, 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 this, in the spirit of... Um, in, in the spirit of uh, the NBA draft this year, they're going to draft the All-Star games, and we're going to see it live happening. Obviously, they've been doing it for a while, right? But we're going to see it, like, right before the game. And I was curious, like, if you had to pick a starting five, because you played a lot, with a lot of great players, if you had to pick a starting five of, of your former teammates and exclude mm. yourself on this list, like, give me a yeah. starting five of the best players you ever played with, and then we'll wrap up with that. I myself anyway. Um, point guard's tough. I know. I know. Because Darren. Yep. I, I, that's my man. He don't get the credit he should. I also play with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick Darren because the Kyrie that I play with is not the Kyrie that we know now. Okay, he was fair. special. So I'm a, that's how I'm a cop. That's how I'm gonna get my cop out. Okay, okay. Um, um, shooting guard. Hmm. This is a tough question. I'm gonna put Paul George as shooting guard so I can put Andre Karolinko as small forward. Ooh, AK47. Uh, yeah, man. And then uh, power forward. Whew. No disrespect to Kyle Lowry, by the way. I know I didn't. Oh, or man. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, or come guys, on, man. But I'm just naming the. Yeah. Um, she's power forward. The power forward is tricky because it's been there's been so many guys that weren't power forwards playing. Power hey, man, forward. you could play small ball with your lineup, man. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to scratch go back. Darren, Debo. Okay. PG, Andre Karolinko. And then um, the center would be... If we playing small ball, I'm actually I'm still picking I'm picking Mimino Core. Okay, all right, yo. I honestly I saw a tweet recently on the timeline from from Ball Don't Stop. Do you know Ball Don't Stop? Have you I've seen, seen it? it? Yeah. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. 
this guy, I don't know, he, he he's really nostalgic for that era of basketball, like when you were a rookie, essentially. And, and he put out a tweet that said Memino Core was was before his time. He would have been 1,000 percent. Yeah, you agree with that? One thousand percent. So right. if right. I got Just time, to I'll tell you in. one more story about yeah, him. Yeah, go quick. ahead. I get drafted to Utah. Right, I don't know Mimmit. Sure, He's yeah. just come from. They just paid him. He just come from Detroit after winning the championship to come to Utah. Mm. I get to the practice facility, right, and um, like there were double doors that led right to the court, and you could hear somebody working out. Um, and I'm standing outside the door, and all of a sudden you just hear like shoes squeaking, and you hear you hear him like, and I'm like, there's not enough time between his shoes squeaking and the ball hearing the ball go in. Like, he's yeah. got to be shooting the ball from dang near half court, the drill, because it sounds like he's just going side to side. Yeah. So I step in, and I see Mimino Core all 6'11", 7 foot. At this time, this is unheard of. Right. Sprinting, basically, like, in the uh, midline of the courts, both sides, sprinting back and forth, shooting these 40-foot bombs. Mm. No rim. Man. Him, and he still had the blonde hair at this time. And I'm like, who oh, yeah, I forgot about in that. the world is that? Like, this is my introduction <laughs> to, like, the bigs of the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Like, who, what, what, what is that is what I'm asking uh-huh. because I'd never seen that. I was the biggest guy I played against, played with, and played against for a long time. Yeah. You know, until the, the, the All-Star games or whatever. So, like, I see this, and I just remember it blowing my mind. Okay. And we didn't even shoot a lot of threes. We should have shot more. We had Kyle Corver and him on our team. Oh, yeah. No, you guys had, yeah. You guys were a bit, you know, ahead of your time, too. Because even with, with a guy like Karolanko, like, you know, putting him at four, I mean, that, yeah, that just yeah, seems yeah. normal to me in today's basketball. No, no, for sure. For sure. So. But we were still in that that one for a high. You know, it was still trans, right, right. transforming. And we'd have played in the systems. We had to fight to play that fast. We used to get into these, like, obviously playful arguments with Coach Sloan, like, yeah. all the time. Like, to him to just let us go. I remember catching alley-oops and Phil Johnson be like, okay, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> like he just, he's just like, all right, oh, that's man. enough of that. Like, <laughs> all right. No, you guys, you guys, honestly, like, the, I mean, you guys had a lot of success anyway, but still, when you, when you look at that lineup, it, it definitely kind of screams small ball nowadays. But listen, yeah. CJ, we're, we're going to have to have you on again. Because I, I ran out of all pleasure, these topics, man. man but um, yeah, I got a lot more for you. So yeah, man. appreciate your time, all right? There, there the we bars. go. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all for that. That's love. That was not scripted, by the way. That was not scripted. <laughs> all right. Okay, we're going to take that break. I'm your host, Will Luke, and you'll be listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. I'm your host, Swim Lou. Big thanks to CJ Miles for joining the podcast as always. Uh, and for the last six minutes, seven minutes here, we are joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who's who's ready for a legendary segment here because 
Just of the fit, man. I got to do the fit check right off the top. All right. You haven't even Let's said a it. single word. All right. What's up? What's up, right, mom? So. Hope you enjoyed Disneyland in Hong Kong and your trip to Macau recently. Wow. See you soon when yeah. you come back in March. I know what people will be doing in Macau. Um, <laughs> what? Gambling. Gambling? Yeah, oh, gambling. Okay. Yeah. It's natural. Um, yeah. Anyway, the fit check. All right. Mm. All right. The Jordan 11s, which I erroneously called the Jordan 5s. I was just guessing. No, it's all good. I've seen this pair before, right? Yeah. Uh, the Concords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, Stussy pants. Yes, lined up for three hours at a at a warehouse sale over the summer. Right, right. Caught, S- got surpri- caught by a Raptor Show fan. Surprised yeah. you do warehouse sales, Mr. Generational Wealth. But, yeah, you know, we might OVO need to sweater. revisit that. Yeah, OVO. Yeah, OVO sh- Raptor sweater. The plug. Yeah, this was free. The plug. Yeah. Um, your brown leather jacket, which yep. you have worn four days this week. Brown Danier jacket from uh, from high school. Yeah. yeah. What brand? Uh, Danye, yeah. Oh, okay. Danye leather. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, the Zito's hat. Yeah, Shouts iconic. I'm sure they're blasting it right now. Apparently, I'm a made man now. You, well, you're not a made man until you get the white cap. Apparently. Yeah, white cap is coming. Can't wait for that one, man. Excited about that. So, Mike, Mike, go pick it up. You know, we're off for listeners. We're off next Monday to Wednesday. Right. So we're taking three days off after the All Star break to recharge. Yeah, you're gonna go to Zito's. Re- I, I don't. I don't fuel. know if you've ever been that north in Toronto before. Uh, yeah, the few times Mark Savell has picked me up. I've taken a subway <laughs> near Yorkdale Station and been escorted to Marley. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Marley. From Marley to Hollywood. Um, oh, that's a deep man. Jay-Z cut. All right. Uh, yeah, what you want from me? Uh, you have five minutes. We're going to wrap over here, so pay up or what's going on? No, go ahead. No, well, you've also said that, you know, unofficially that you would like to, to rap battle CJ Mons. So, yes. I'm curious to see how that would go. We should set that up. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's set it up. I know many people have been asking for the return of um, freestyles, mm-hmm. like two people, but we're right. here to serve every single listener. What about so, Freestyle Fridays? Are we going to have something Yeah, tomorrow? maybe we'll have a little tomorrow because we're going to do an oh, all-star man. preview. And as you know, Common, uh, the uh, famous iconic 90s rapper turned actor during the yeah. 2020 Chicago All-Star Weekend, did the player intros right. and dropped bars for every single player. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, some examples here, uh, specifically to the Raptors. Um, in the All-Star, this is his first from the defending champion Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse. That's that's like that's a level that, you know. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Tonight, he's ready to rock him from the world champion Toronto Raptors. Give it up for Pascal Siakam. From the defending champion Toronto Raptors, and you know they did it proudly. Six-time All-Star and floor commander, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> okay, how about, how about his top three here? Oh, okay, okay, there's okay, more? Okay, right, keep okay. going, keep going. Yeah. Think you can shake this first-time All-Star? Oh, contraire, mon frere. From the Utah Jazz, the Stifle Tower, <laughs> nah, Rudy Gobert. That's, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard. That's what the Herbie would have said, <laughs> yeah, for by sure. The, by the way, COVID happened uh, the month after that. Um, uh, this one, like a protest on the court. He's huh? an all-time disruptor. From the Miami Heat, y'all give it up for Jimmy Butler. That went in many different directions. He, yeah, I, th- I thought he was talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves because remember how often? <laughs> oh, he, last, that's right. Last season, people were just like gluing themselves to the court or something. That's right. He think he's stringer with the third stringers. Um, huh? That's what I would do. Oh, that's um, hard. That's hard. He runs the team like a mogul from uh-huh. the Los Angeles Lakers. The coach. Frank Vogel. Oh, <laughs> that man. is my all-time never, never favorite. Seen a, never seen a mogul get fired. <laughs> no, no, actually, there's one more. You know he'll get it done from the Milwaukee Bucks. Give it up for Chris Middleton. Oh, I thought it was going to be Chris Dunn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what? Chris Dunn in what, what the skills game 
Oh man. So, right, so 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 tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Let's let's draft the all stars and, right. and then preview. And you know, I'll, I'll bring um, I'll bring introductions for every single every single player. Oh, you're, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm already feeling a lot of pressure. That's a lot of work, but no, I'm excited. It's yeah. an all time episode coming tomorrow. He's Jay Z, and Thanasis is Memphis Bleak. It's the Greek Freak. Oh, <laughs> brother. <laughs> oh, brother, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm workshopping them. Uh, so so this time it's gonna be Vin Diesel introducing the All Stars. <sighs> yeah, Vin Diesel is going to be introducing, and right. um, yeah. There's uh, Julie Black, I believe, is singing the na- national anthem. I don't. I, I, uh, unless it was Fergie that one time, I have never really paid attention to the national anthem singers. Yeah, and I don't know. Also, was, how was the Fergie All Star? Is that also in Toronto? Was it? I don't think so. Actually. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, but are you excited for All Star? What's going on? What's the All Star weekend plans? Uh, All Star weekend Saturday. I will be speaking at uh, McMaster University and hosting a little seminar. Oh, that's a, that's amazing for the, kid, for the kids. You know, going back to my alma mater. Um, will they have a projector screen showing the skills competition as you're doing it? Uh, no, I will be handing out the best uh, sports writing. Uh, feature oh right because you've been reviewing people's work right yes yes absolutely so uh, i love when you pay it for it and then yeah and then sunday i'll probably watch the all-star game i mean look I'll, yeah, of course man what am i gonna do of course i'll probably be there on my phone like watching the three-point shootout like a sicko yeah <laughs> they're like will come up to present this kid's award and i'm like no <laughs> uh, no i respect it you're you know paying it forward you know who's gonna be in the three-point contest by the way can't miss uh, Julius Randle. Ju- I saw Julius Randle. Man, is he gonna How- be, is he gonna be able to get through the whole entire rack? Because he's probably gonna have to pump fake and pass out at the top of some of those jumpers. <laughs> he's gonna rise to the peak of a shot and pass it to Kenny Smith. Yeah, I can't um, wait. I, honestly, I'm really, really excited for okay, this Okay, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're gonna preview, get it all set up, draft, um, common bars, all that stuff. All right, and that's it. Thanks, thanks, everyone. Are you gonna wear the brown jacket tomorrow again? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, because the weather's changed. It's cold again, and you're still wearing it. Just got to layer up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're done. What a segment. What a segment, man. All right. Uh, that does pay it for up. us today. Listen to Pay Up by CJ Miles. Uh, I think you can search Mas Fresco, actually, as, uh, mm. as his, his rap panel. But anyway, I'm your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Thanks once again to CJ Miles. Thanks to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Excellent five-minute shift. And uh, our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Olin, if you're helping with the YouTube stream, we'll be back tomorrow with All-Star Preview. I can't wait. I cannot finish second. I'm, I'm the lethal.